two wizards. Two wizards? Two wizards. Two wizards. This month's uh, free game on PSN. So I got it, and it's a Japanese, like, anime-style hack-and-slash with, like, different... I don't know. I, apparently it's really good, and it's free, so I'm gonna try it. But you know me, I like to, for whatever reason, I always play, like, a lady character in video games, so of course I made myself my own ideal anime waifu, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And anytime you stand up, it's real bad. And I know that, like, the game has been called out for this if you have a uh, female character. Um, when you stand up or sit down, it zooms in on your ass as you're getting up. And it's a joke. It's a nod to horny anime right. boys, right? Right. Mm -hmm. But so, like, the, my mission prompt says, I'm, I'm I'm playing it for the first time this morning. My mission prompt says, you need to talk to this guy after you get, some, or you need to talk to this guy. Go to talk to this guy. He says, you need to get some rest. So I go to a bedroom and I try to lay down. First thing it does, just like zoom into the crotch as I'm laying down. Because, of course, I'm wearing a yellow plaid mini girls or mini school girl skirt because, you know, that's who I am as a person. Yeah. Um, but then Amanda walks in and she's like, what you playing there? And I'm like, uh, nothing. And I go to hit a, to get up and it zooms in on my ass and getting out of bed. And she's like, nah, really? What are you playing? And I'm like, it was the free PlayStation game. Oh, well, Mark can have living room alone time. It's like, that's not what I was doing. God damn it. I wasn't. <laughs> if I was doing that, I would say I was doing that, but yeah the, oh man i the 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 one that i experienced um at the time and then i don't know 10 12 laters um saw that meme on our zelda and thought yep that was my childhood was like ocarina of time um going to the great fairy fountain and it would yep. it'd be like by myself you know doing doing whatever blowing up the dongos it was great and then as soon as like, oh, sweet, let me like actually go see what's at the top of Death uh, of a Death Mountain here. And yeah, in walks like mom and younger sister. It's like, oh, hey, Josh, how's that video game? And then like half naked lady <laughs> on the screen. It's like, oh, I what, what what sort of game is this? No, mom, it's not like that. She's a great fairy. And I'm just getting my magic meter for the first time. And <laughs> But then I also love that with um, Breath of the Wild, they totally leaned into that. We're like, oh my god, yeah, all like all the great fairies. It's like, look, I'm just trying to get like climbing boots plus. Um, no means no, great fairy. <laughs> I do not consent to getting dragged down into your whirlpool. <laughs> I, I was glad to see them lean into it a little bit more. Yeah, and yeah hey, at least exactly. these like. At least these great fairy boobs won't put your eye out. Yeah, that's also true. Uh, yes, the graphical hardware at the time. Um, so, uh, so in so I guess long story short, um, thank you Japan for being for being just who you are. <laughs> you know what else is really really long and sometimes kind of plodding and sometimes there's a lot of dialogue but also has a lot of rich story behind it between two people that genuinely care about the product that they're producing but sometimes you walk in out of context and it makes zero fucking sense at all that's right josh the two wizards podcast the two wizards podcast brilliant um yeah your your earbuds like just 
disconnect over Bluetooth somehow, and then you hear you hear Mark and Mark and me going off about <laughs> yeah, and then zoomed in on her crotch. Um, but uh, but um, anyway, thank you, thank you for joining us on another what is sure to be magical episode. Uh, and welcome everybody. My name is Josh, and I'm a wizard. And my name is Mark, and I am a wizard. Yes, welcome back. Here we are once again. Um, tonight's going to be a lot of fun. Josh has no idea what we're doing. Right. I put yeah. my ankles in it. Oh boy. Um, and I, we should probably just get into it, but to that end, good buddy, what is in your wizard's cup? Well, you gave me some homework. Um, yep. you said to come up with something and, and, and you left it pretty wide open, but you said to, to come up with something roughly kind of space themed, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind, kind of spacey. And so I, so, so I was, I was kind of looking around and, um trying to both see what I could mostly use just here on hand at home and try not to rush out and buy a bunch of stuff. Um, and I found this thing, uh, and I'm, I, I keep telling myself it's going to be okay. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> this is, this is a, a apparently called a space shuttle. Ooh, um, okay. And it's two parts whiskey which I have, okay. and I like whiskey. Uh, five parts uh, sparkling lemonade. So, like, I guess, like, 7-Up or lemonade. I, I, we had some old uh, club soda and lemon juice and sugar. So, I, I kind of like jerry-rigged it. Um, okay, okay. So, yeah. that and that. Uh, and then a healthy dash of Tabasco. Okay, so run me through this again. So lemonade, whiskey, and Tabasco. Yeah, so it's like a, okay. it's kind of like a spicy and cold, cold toddy, I guess. Um, or yeah. well, because because aren't like ghetto blasters? Well, because basically sorry, go ahead. just like well, yeah, because because aren't ghetto blasters basically just whiskey and lemonade too? I don't yeah. know, like 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 the recipe looked familiar. I was like, this this is like something, but it also has Tabasco in it. Um, so yeah, well, I what have a, what a Lynchburg lemonade is just whiskey and lemonade, right? Prob probably, um, um, something like that. Well, and then like it's also pretty close into like um, hard Arnold Palmer territory. Um, if you just like added some iced tea, but like hard Arnold it, Palmer. Arnold Palmer, yeah, Arnold. Um, <laughs> uh, but but so I keep telling myself like, no, this is fine. It'll be fine. It's not like you had a you had a whole bunch of Tabasco in there. But I guess we'll just have to see, my friend. Yeah, interesting. I don't know. Sorry, I was looking up Lynchburg lemonades, and it looks just like vodka and lemonade. I can't really tell. Mm. Tennessee whiskey, triple sec, lemon juice, lemon. So yeah, essentially what you're doing, but minus Tabasco. So I'm not really sure. Yeah, I don't know. And it's also not nearly as uh, intense as the prairie fire that we had that ill-fated yeah. night. <laughs> oh, I remember. Oh, you said it was called a, a what? Space shuttle. But anyway, what do you what do you have uh, in your wizard's cup? Um, out of Oscar Bru- wow, here we go already. Oscar Blues Brewing. I have a Cosmic Mutant IPA, uh, and it says here this is the experimental IPA series, so it's a limited edition. Josh, let me point that one out. All right. 
Through alternate dimensions of time and space, a new mutant is landing with a supernatural yeast strain that explores layers of hop flavor once believed to be beyond the reach of brewing ingenuity. Huh. So All we right. will see. Indeed we shall. So here's on you, buddy. Cheers, good buddy. Oh, it's an IPA. <laughs> yeah. How's yours? That's, um, that's, that's potable. <laughs> <laughs> it's potable. So it's, you're doing I'm, whiskey, soda mm-hmm. water, and Tabasco. and But you also said you had lemon juice and simple yeah. syrup. So you kind of... Yeah, okay. I like made hmm. I like made my own I like kind of made my own at home sparkling lemonade. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's like yeah, like it's not a whiskey sour, but a whiskey spicy, I guess. <laughs> oh, that, okay, okay, that's another way to think about it because like there's some citrus in there and whiskey, and it's so like I'm not really tasting the Tabasco so much, probably because I chickened out and could have added more. Um, but the, the like vinegar pepper smell is definitely there. So it's like you get a hit of that as the glass is coming up and then you drink it. It's like, oh, that's not, it's not too bad. So, so no, I, I think this will play for, okay. for whatever, for whatever we have in store. Um, so, so speaking of, uh, th- this is where the listeners will have the advantage of me because they've seen the title and they've downloaded this, but I have no idea what we're talking about. So Mark, what, what is our topic tonight? Well, Josh. I am sure that somewhere it is written in the Two Wizards gigantic rule book that I'm only allowed to get horned up for aliens one time a year. Um, <laughs> thus far in our Two Wizards history, we have covered the Cash Landrum incident from 2020. Mm-hmm. That was our uh, holiday UFO. Holiday UFO? Um, we covered the Atsuru Bune in 2021, the, uh, Jap- yeah. the ancient Japanese UFO. And then last year, we covered what they're not telling you about the moon. And my brain is still kind of gluey from that one. <laughs> right? Yeah. But um, nowhere in this great tome of uh, Two Wizards Law does it say that I can't talk about a bunch of aliens altogether. So that's why tonight I'm taking advantage of this imaginary non-existent loophole to a thing that I just made up in my own head to talk about limited edition close encounters. And I don't mean Ooh. like some sweet-ass limited edition Naruto Tims or a re-release of a Disney movie that's now 30 years older. These occurrences, while 90% of all other alien encounters can boil down to just a handful of species, reptilians, Nordics, or the greys, tonight we are going to talk about the very first and very last contact with different species of aliens. Oh, interesting. Okay. I, I, I can dig it. This is also, and I don't know if this uh, was part of your rationale too, because we we are just coming off of our Futurama loose robes, so so that seems kind of timely. Um, and uh, I just picked up again. I'm I'm replaying this old computer game called XCOM, where oh yeah, like you're basically this like secret shadow paramilitary group that is tasked with defending Earth from an alien in invasion. So, hey, look at us like resonating on the same ethereal plane there. Uh, so without without on, even man. knowing, yeah, yeah, without even without even knowing. No, this is great. This is awesome. Yeah. Um. Before I get too horned up tonight, I want to shout out my sources because I got to really feel like a like real little UFO researcher this week. Yeah. In my own right. Um. So number one, we have UFO. UFOs, pet slash strange. This is a cached 
Okay, so this is a cached version of the original page of the original sighting that was posted in 2002, which was cool as shit. Like, it's literally mm-hmm. a time capsule into, like, what was happening in the world of aliens in 2002. Nice. Flying Saucer Review, Volume 4, from 1968, which is free on uh, Kindle, if you've got Kindle Unlimited. In fact, every single Flying Saucer Review is free. I read a ton of them. It's so cool. Just, again, these little snapshots of, like... How we looked at aliens before the world told us how to look at aliens, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once again, more cached pages from ufozone15.blogspot.com. Dang, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's start, Josh, with Close Encounters. What does that mean to you? Well, uh, so... I- because uh, the the thing that immediately kind of jumps to mind is is there are like several several levels right there are several kinds uh, mm-hmm. you might even say upwards of like three close encounters of the third is is, is that it first kind third kind what am I thinking of here so there's close, the movie uh, close encounters of the third kind yeah yeah that's right that's right because because yeah. it's like oh man way back in the day back in like fourth grade. For the Scholastic Book Fair, um, <laughs> this was the year that the Men in Black movie came out, and I and like 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 many young boy in the United States in the year, what would that have been like 1995, 1994? Um, yeah, I got I got caught up in Men in Black and <laughs> UFO Mania, and the X Files was on. And so I got a book. Yeah. I I uh, got a book from the Scholastic Book Fair about yeah, like alien uh, like alien encounters and stuff, and very specifically detailed. Like yeah, like first kind, close encounters of the first kind is like, hey, you like see a UFO in the sky, I think. And then the second kind is like you see an actual alien, but he doesn't like notice you or uh, so maybe something like that. And then third kind is like no, like they see you, you see them, you're interacting. Things are going into things. <laughs> if I remember right, I'm pretty sure that's what this book that I read in fourth grade told me. I mean, you're not really that far off. Okay. No, you, okay. Sweet. You were close. You honestly, you were closer than I anticipated you would have been. I'm okay. I'm kind of right. proud of you. I'm not. Thanks, I'm both man. proud of you and disappointed in myself because I think I was setting you up for a laugh. And <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I. I'm impressed with myself if I if I do say so uh, for remembering something that was 27 years ago, something like that, 26 <laughs> years ago. But okay, so enlighten me, enlighten our listeners. What what are these close encounters? What what how are they differentiated? Yeah, so the actual close encounter scale was developed by a guy named Dr. J. Allen Hynek. He was an astrophysicist and UFO researcher, and he realized that, like, hey, if you're going to look at these things, you need a way to break them down. So he broke them down thusly. Uh, Close encounter of the first kind. That's a visual sighting with a UFO that is less than 500 feet away from you. So, like, it's close enough you can kind of, like, make it out. Not like, oh, shit, there's a light up in the sky where planes are also, and it's moving around quickly. This is 500 feet away. You can... You can... Read the bumper stickers, pretty much. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I break for Venusians. What the hell does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> Make Antares great again. <laughs> um. 
Love it. Love it. <laughs> uh, there's Close Encounters of the Second Kind, a UFO event which is which is characterized by physical effect. This can be interference in the function of vehicles or electronic devices, animals panicking, um, latent psychological effects such as paralysis or like discomfort in the witness. Mm. Um or physical traces left behind on the ground or vegetation, like scorch marks, indentations. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah Rendlesham Forest, when the craft touched down. Mm -hmm. Right. Cash right, Landrum, right, right. when the craft, like, shot fire out and burned the tops of the trees. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When his mama said, that's... <laughs> that's just Jesus. <laughs> Don't worry, baby. That's just Jesus. He won't hurt you. Oh, God, I got cancer. <laughs> No, I ain't been around no radiation. Why you ask? Okay. Yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, finally, uh, close encounters of the third kind. This is essentially a first contact, probably not first contact, but first contact scenario. These are encounters when there's an actual like entity present. Gotcha. And this can include humanoids or robots or things that we might oh, take okay. to be humans or robots or pilots of the UFO. That's what we're talking about tonight. Okay. Um, close encounters of the fourth kind is added where there is an actual abduction of a witness and they're taken up into a craft. So like um, the Travis Walton event, Betty and Barney Hill, um, Eric Cartman gets an anal probe. All these things are a fourth okay. encounter. Yep. Okay. And finally, close encounters of the fifth kind where the UFO itself contacts and communicates with the contactee. Oh, dang. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah, I was uh, maybe a... a C plus for effort on mine because yeah. I because I had forgotten about fourth and fifth and I kind of conflated. A few of well, them. to but be no, fair, yeah, that's okay. to be fair, four and five were added later on, not by Heineck. So uh, okay, well then you probably read a J Allen. You probably read something about Blue Book and you probably read something about J Allen Heineck in the book you had. Probably. Oh, so yeah. Maybe I'll bump it up to a B minus then. I would give shit. I give you a B minus. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Um, now one of the problems with aliens in general is that witness statements are, you know, kind of foggy at best. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, shaky video footage has existed ever since shaky video footage has been allowed to exist. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but tonight our sources are going to be super limited, pretty much down to just like one or two people. And Josh, I can already hear you throwing flags on my play in your head. <laughs> And that's fine, because I'm going to take my five-yard penalty, as I tell you about tonight's very first case, the telepathic football of Chile. <laughs> I just thought that was a metaphor, but no, that was a full-on segue, my, my man. That was, that was awesome. <laughs> I, put, I told you, I, I fucking put my ankles in it this week. <laughs> <laughs> the town of Calama in Chile is the or the Alamosa of Chile is known as the driest city in the entire world, receiving less than 0.5 millimeters of rainwater a year. Wow. It is located in the northern Atacama Desert and sits in the Camino del Incan roadway, you know, the gigantic ancient vast roadway system the Incan Empire made to connect like coast to coast. Mhm. Mm yeah, this town sits right in the middle of that. Um, in, you know, prehistory, it acted as a natural shelter from both the desert and the mountains. And eventually, as the, like, Incan Road came, it became a trading and resupply hub as it ran all the way down to the coast roads. 
the Despobaldo Atacama tribes grew corn and alfalfa like by the plenty, and the city was fed by the Loa. Um, mm. It flourished, and as of today, it has 150,000 residents. Well, as of t- 2012, it had 150,000 people living in it. Mm. Um, you can look it up online. It is a shockingly beautiful place. It is literally like civilization nestled in the most rugged goddamn mountains you can imagine. It's it's really amazing. I encourage you and the listeners to check it out. What isn't beautiful about it, though, is the shocking events that occurred on Saturday, January the 12th, 2002. Cue spooky space sound effect that I'm sure I just put in. <laughs> There's actually two shocking events that occurred this night, but the initial horror occurred when a group of local teens reported seeing a UFO quickly moving north to south at great speeds, and it would run back and forth uh, north to south. A local man named Don Carlos uh, also saw it, and he reported and he reported the craft as it came descending at a great speed, and I noticed inclination of about thirty degrees in relation with the horizon. This lasted no more than seven seconds. Shortly afterwards, I lost it, and it went behind the construction site. The teens also described this UFO as changing color for, from a fluorescent green to an electric blue. Later on that night. Two other teens, not related to the initial group of teens, um, probably they were the nerds who didn't get to hang out with the cool crew, uh, Gene F. and Nelson C., they reported their own little encounter. At 11.45 p.m., Gene noticed that his pet snake had escaped its cage, and being two teenagers at a sleepover, they decided to round up their own posse and hunt that their snake. C-c-c-callback, and Foggy Mountain Breakdown is totally playing. <laughs> As the two searched in Jean's horrible backyard, from the original account strewn with rubble and debris, I don't know what's going on in Chile, but they ain't taking care of their yards, uh, they saw what they thought to be a stray dog. Taking no chances, the boys just started throwing rocks at the damn thing, because that's what you do with stray dogs. But unlike most dogs, which will run away when you start whipping rocks at it, this just stood there and showed no fear. When the boys finished their barrage, the thing started walking toward them in a hopping motion not unlike a rabbit. So two Uh, feet forward, back feet, catch up. I hate that. Oh, I hate that. (laughs) As it drew closer to them, it stopped and stood upright. But it continued to crow hop toward the boys, who also at this time, after it stood up, reported feeling a strange electrical sensation in their stomachs. Okay... Oh, man, I I hate everything about this already. (laughs) As it got closer, one of the boys noted it looked like a rugby ball with legs. Drink. (laughs) Drink. (laughs) (laughs) By now, Gene was intelligent and freaked out by the situation and decided to start getting away from the damn thing. But Nelson, probably channeling Vicky Landrum, wanted to get a close look at the thing. He started moving toward the creature until he was about six feet away from it when it began to glow a bright, with a bright light, just like Jesus. It was super effective, Josh, and Nelson stood in rapture of the thing, which he described as having the head of a large dog and a flat nose like a bulldog. Its eyes were slanted and pale red in color, and it could only be seen when the creature turned its head from side to side like a lizard does when it's trying to smell. It had a three-fingered web hand and mostly gray hair like the hair of a pig. It had a hump covered in white hair on its back and a short, stubby cone tail. It was at that moment, as Nelson gazed at the bright, blinking, flashing, floating pig creature, 
he heard a voice in his head saying, don't stare, just run away. Which oh, he did. Oh, boy. Okay, yeah, good good on him. Yeah. Good yeah, lad, yeah. good lad. <laughs> <laughs> he ran. They both ran. The boys took the fuck off and ran to Nelson's house because... And they related the story to his parents, who smartly separated the panicked boys and grilled them and asked them to draw pictures of their encounter. Uh, both boys pretty much drew concurrent accounts, Josh, but those two concurrent accounts remain the only sighting of the telepathic football of Chile. Oh, man. There's so much that I just despise about that. <laughs> Like, okay, this is going to be a, 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 a deep, deep pull here. Um, yeah. Is it is it the first or the second Brave Little Toaster movie where... Oh, wow. Where they have, like, the nightmare um, and there's, there, there's, like, a fire in the uh, apartment... And like all 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 the things are burning, and then the firefighter shows up, but it's this creepy, almost like Pennywise the clown looking dude, and he has this evil toothy grin, and he just goes, "Oh my god, run!" That's exactly what I thought of, except it's this <laughs> telepathic living football. Ugh. <laughs> Don't just stare, run. That Don't just stare, I hate run. That. Like, Ooh, yeah, that's <laughs> awful. That is awful. <laughs> But good on him, cause cause they did. They yeah. are, or at least Gene was it? Yeah, Gene. Gene. The 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 least Chilean names I've ever heard, but I gotta assume that's just to like protect the identities of minors. It it could be something like that, or or, or maybe in this telling, um, they've anglicized because like Gene could be like Eugenio or something like that. But um, <laughs> I don't know. But. Uh, <laughs> Oh boy! Well, and then also, yeah, when this thing starts glowing, and you made <laughs> Joe guys like, man, what kind of that's like discovering a Pokemon for the first time, but it's a shiny one, <laughs> and you're like, what is this? What is this thing? Why is it glowing? And telling me telepathically, don't just stare, run. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that. Also, if it was a Pokemon, we know that Rock type moves do nothing against it. Mm, yeah, true. Because the boys, you know, used rock throw and it wasn't very effective. It was not very effective. Um. Oh, okay, so yeah, so it, it's got to be, yeah, it's got to be some sort of electric type. Um, yeah. But, uh, oof. <laughs> I'm also realizing how fucking short this episode is going to be. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you're fine. We'll, 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 we can, we can, we can vibe with, with some stuff. Oh, no, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just like, Wow, I thought that would take a lot longer to read than it did. Oh. Fuck. Um, sure took me long enough to write it. <laughs> um, so where do you fall on this one, Josh? Is this plausible? No? Like, what do you think? I, I mean... So so the, the, the one thing that does kind of jump out at me um, with Gene hearing the voice, and this, and this, you, 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 uh, this, this was brought up... Um, in our uh, Great Lakes shipwreck episode, where it's like the oh, um, it's like the like third person phenomenon, like 
when you're oh the third man effect yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Th- thank you yeah yeah the, the third man effect like yeah if there's some kind of creepy thing um you have no idea what it is and you're throwing rocks at it and doesn't do anything and then you hear this voice say don't just stare run um I mean, I think that lends it some credibility in my eye, at least. So, yeah, I mean, I could see this definitely possibly happening. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think it's plausible. I don't know. It's 2002. You got two bored kids. Like, mm-hmm. I I remember getting to some dumb shenanigans when I was this age. Like, yeah. you put two teenagers alone together in a room and suddenly they're going to, like, try and exercise the goat you know like mm-hmm. yeah and that's not a metaphor that's literally exercise <laughs> the devil out of a goat like <laughs> right. so i buy into that and then i also like how the uh the parents separated them and they kind of like said all right write this down draw what you saw and the boys were panicked when they showed up so mm-hmm. right it's yeah. not so surely yeah the incredulity of parents like oh yeah it's 11 o'clock or you know almost midnight what the hell are you doing out sure you mm-hmm. saw a floating football but right. <laughs> you know that I want to believe. Yeah. Yeah. And just how horrible that thing sounded. Yeah, I do. I do believe. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, it's just generally unpleasant. Like, yeah, just, not. you know what I mean? It's not like, a good looking at like Mr. Burns. I bring you love. It's <laughs> fucking floating football, a horror flashing <laughs> multicolor at you with his weird stubby ass. <laughs> Initial account made a big deal to point out how it had a huge stubby tail that was less than like five centimeters. Mm. Yeah. And I'm just like, it, it's gross. It's, this is a Pokemon. Th- these kids saw yeah. a Pokemon somehow. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, but yeah, it's it. That's just it. Which, like, and truly, too, uh, that should be your reaction to, like, seeing an IRL Pokemon. Like, you don't know what what, what level this thing is at. Um, and, yeah, just just, just don't, don't stare. Run. <laughs> just stare. Run. Get out yeah. of there. <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> as I die from coughing on nothing again. Moving on, Josh, to our second close encounter of the third time, but just the one time. <laughs> I'm also proud of myself. These aren't all in America, damn it. There, there's more than just American aliens, you guys. Oh, my God. I learned yeah. that by reading a shitload of Flying Saucer review. In the Spanish Southern Coastal Catalonia region, Josh, there is an ancient mun- municipality called Tavisa. It was originally founded by the Romans in, you know, Roman times. The entire municipality itself occupies about 80 square miles, but it is very, very sparsely populated. As of 2018, it only had 1,000, or, yeah, 1,639 residents. Mm. Out of these residents, most of them live broken up on a lot of the little farms that dot the, this area, which grow olives, uh, grapes for wine, and uh, hazelnuts. Hmm. This, honestly, again, I Google image search this place, and I kind of like, you know, Google Earth flew around the highway system. Um, It's beautiful. It's like a rustic little setting. Um, Very, it's it's not, I don't want to say old, that's the wrong word, but it's just very old. It's very much a product of 
a time that the world has moved around, but it is still kind of, you know, it's just doing well for itself. And I really, it, I really like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Recently, however, locals of this rustic locality have started entertaining the idea of maybe getting some tourism in to boost up the local economy because it is beautiful. Like, people have come here for years. It looks out on the ocean. You can camp in the woods. But maybe we drive the tourism just a little bit more. But, Josh, I'm here to tell you that in the summer of 1968, Tavisa got a different kind of tourist. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> Cue up that uh, Stardew Valley music, Josh. Oh, yeah. (laughs) A farmer named John Mateo uh, woke up at dawn to start his chores in August of 1968. And he didn't think to himself, thank God today's a Friday because, Josh, he's a farmer and farmers don't Mm -hmm. get to take days off. No. Mm. Mateo moved towards his barn to feed his cattle when he saw an an odd luminous object. He took it to be the glint of a reflection off of the car. Being that his farm was rustically settled, four miles from the village, he knew that the only reason a car would be out here this early was likely engine trouble. Now, Josh, all this good farm living made John Mateo a really good person. And being a genuinely good person, he yelled inside to his wife that he was going to go help his stranded car about half a mile up the road. Mm-hmm. He brought his dog along with him, too, for company. <laughs> As Mateo uh, came up to the object, he realized that this car must have been one of those real sexy Ford imports because it was really out of this world. What he was beholding in awe was a glowing horizontal half of watermelon hovering about four feet off the ground. Oh, man. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) He described it as a half of a watermelon. So you cut a watermelon lengthwise and (laughs) there it is. (laughs) Why it was why, hovering why, dome side down if that makes sense I, I i maybe what's so unsettling about both of these is that they're just like floating like it would, it would be one thing if this was like a bipedal or even like a quadrupedal thing that was like walking around on earth like 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 god's creatures but no these things just like float everywhere i hate that <laughs> Oh, no, no, Josh, he's looking at the spaceship. He's looking at a UFO. Oh, oh, okay. That's floating. (laughs) Sorry, sorry, sorry. I might have buried the lead with the half-floating watermelon. No, I was going to say, if you say that this, (laughs) you tell me one more thing is like floating off the ground, I'm going to lose it. I'm going to take my space shuttle and go home. (laughs) Okay, sorry, sorry. No, no, not at all. That's the spaceship. Okay, I got you. Yeah, um, he is beholding this pretty colossal spaceship. It's um, it's glowing beautifully. He said it alternated between blue and like bright yellow color. As he you know gazed at this you know wonder of wonders hovering right in front of him, um, he did not notice the two three foot tall owners of the craft mm. that likely had taken an objection to this you know rando scoping out their cherry space whip. Mateo reported looking up from the craft to see two glowing objects about three foot tall running through the field. They glowed with the same intensity and color as the craft. And they covered the 100, uh, the 100 meter gap in an amazingly short amount of time on what Mateo reported as five tentacle like appendages. Okay. All right. Yep. (laughs) 
Yep. yep. <laughs> there you go. Octopus legs, tentacle appendages. These things run through a field. They're running. They are glowing and running. Oh, my God. And oh, just, boy. they're only, th- so in my mind, as I, as I was writing this, I imagine this is like a barley field or something or an alfalfa field. And like, you know, it's just about three feet tall. And then you look out and you're like, there's a glowing ball in that field. Boy, it's moving quick. Son of a bitch, it's a body. And they come out, and son of a bitch, if they don't have octopus legs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, that's... Mateo reported feeling an electric-like charge seize up his body as the two creatures ran back up into the craft. Somehow they got up into the craft, and it just... Took the fu- it just took off. It was gone. Oh boy. Oh boy. Um, it was at this moment when John Mateo, like any good Lovecraftian character, blacked the fuck out for an entire day. <laughs> <laughs> he came to sometime around that night and stumbled back into his farmhouse. His wife was dis- was surprised to see him and asked how and asked if that couple had gotten their car fixed. She didn't even realize that this man was missing. <laughs> this is like uh, an extraterrestrial version of Fliff Knight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Go outside, see a half loading watermelon. Blackout. <laughs> Wake up. The, the car's been fixed. <laughs> the cheeriest of rides was before me. There Blackout. it was, all half watermelon and beautiful. <laughs> Blackout again. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to. I don't mean to. Not at all. Not at all. It really is. It's your thunder. <laughs> It was a sexy Friday morning and I had to feed my goddamn cows. <laughs> and I just got to thinking about all the things I could have been and not having to feed goddamn cows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lordy. Um, so in the meantime, Mateo is now back home. Um, his stepbrother, or not stepbrother, his brother-in-law, Sebastian, and he get to talk and, and they decide a day or two later they're going to try and figure out maybe what went on there. Okay. Right. Um, to the Octomen's credit, Mateo was unharmed. And don't worry, I know what you're thinking. The dog was okay, too. Okay, good. But back at the ranch, Mateo was missing an entire, day, an entire day's worth of time in which he just blacked out. Um, there is speculation that maybe the Octopods took him aboard their ship and, like, he came to... Because he reported looking at the thing, seeing the guys, and then seeing them get, come, you know, getting out of the craft or coming into the craft, and then that was that. They could have mm. had him on, you know, the the craft for the entire afternoon, you know, giving him octopoid drinks. I don't know, drinking mm. octopoidian ghetto blasters, and <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but he really didn't know what was going on. So him and his brother-in-law, Sebastian, decide we're going to check out this area. Gotcha. Um, what they did note was two colossal burn patterns in the grass that were about the size of 
what Mateo said the craft was. These are were you know oval ovalong ovaloid. I they looked like an oval. It looked like oh, half a goddamn watermelon burnt a hole in the grass. But this watermelon was thirty feet long. Okay. Um, Mateo also realized in horror that there were several prints like this around the newest quote unquote one. So these guys had been here before in the couple days beforehand. Gotcha. Um, Sebastian, who was an accountant, who was an accountant in town, suggested that maybe Mateo should talk to somebody about this. And he sent in, he sent, so he sent in this account on behalf of Mateo to the Flying Saucer Review, where it was initially published. Uh, this story was then picked up by crazy people, and they didn't quite round up a posse because, to be fair, alien hunters and cryptid hunters are two different strains of people. Where Cryptid hunters will round up a posse to beat the woods. UFO enthusiasts ask their parents for, you know, a plane ticket to Spain so they can go harass a poor farmer and his accountant brother. And harassed, they did, Josh. God damn, did they harass. They harassed these two poor men so much for two weeks that finally Mateo printed uh, an ad in the local paper saying, please, for the love of God, you are ruining my reputation and making my life a misery. And it's just really sad because the biggest alien here or the biggest monster here wasn't from outer space. It was goddamn oh. UFO nerds. Yep. It's and it's not the truth though. Is that yeah? Goddamn yeah. <laughs> uh, due to this ongoing harassment, Mateo ans or, or sorry, John. I keep call, I keep switching his names. I'm sorry. Um, John Mateo and Sebastian both became very reticent to speak to anybody about anything. And the case more or less died. Mm. However, Josh, there Mm. is one secondary piece of evidence to this case. Okay. During the day in question, when one John Mateo went out to investigate the illuminated, half-glowing, sentient watermelon, Mm. and then blacked out from the after effects, an Austrian couple who were camping in the area also saw the glowing craft first thing in the morning. And they decided to check it out a little bit later. And ostensibly, they snapped photographs um, confirming this burn pattern that John would later talk about. But they missed him blacked out in the grass. So, I don't know. Those goddamn Austrians. Even more disappointing, these pictures have more than likely been lost to history. Mm. Um, There is one final note. In the time... So in Spain at this time, there was a weird amount of octopus-based cryptid sightings. They have their own version of, like, octopus Bigfoot. Okay. So it's like Bigfoot with octopus head. It's like Cthulhu without the wings but Bigfoot. I don't know the best way to describe him. But it's, you know, octopus-headed Bigfoot. There's also, like, I'm pretty sure it's a flying octopus. I don't really know. It doesn't make sense. But we should point out here that both these cryptids have a thing called bilateral symmetry, which you know what bilateral symmetry is, Josh. Every living thing on Earth, if you cut it in half, it will make two perfect halves. Right. According right. to John Mateo's description of the octopoids, they had five legs, thereby making bilateral symmetry impossible, thereby making them an alien. Can I get any flimsier of a case? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> sorry 
I just yeah. I just <laughs> like men. I know this is all bullshit. Duh! Yeah. I gotta present it like it's not all bullshit. No, no. Third it's... men, fuck up your bilateral symmetry with I wanna believe. So there you go. <laughs> no, I was I was almost getting to a point like like when you were telling me like yeah like first first and final encounters of the third kind. I was I was gonna be building towards the big you know kind of like South Park. Well, guys, I think I learned something today. Um, and I, I was getting ready for this whole speech about like, yeah, like, man, wouldn't it be great if we actually had more, more contact with these creatures, whatever they are. Um, and isn't it a, a shame that we spoil these interactions that we have? But, but so far, man, I'm like, no, like those things were right to like, fuck off and like, <laughs> leave us there like, oh shit. We don't want anything to do with these human beings. Let's hop back on the half watermelon and get the hell out of here. <laughs> Couldn't even handle a space coke. I don't know. Like... Well, space coke. Come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I'm just imagining that whole South Park, that canceled episode. Yeah. <laughs> with the, the Jusians. <laughs> no, the uh, Jublacks? Is that what it's like? Something like that. Something. But yeah, you, I, I just I just remember it's got Jew in it, and yeah. the one alien goes like, "Oh, you must have some Jews and Mac whatever in you." And yeah. Cartman goes, "Yeah, tell <laughs> us about it." <laughs> Talking to Kyle. And then they're. <laughs> I can't remember the fucking drug they do, but like Kenny takes a line and. Yeah. And they get the then, stripper and suck my jag on. You suck my jag on. <laughs> oh my god, we did suck each other's jag on. <laughs> and Kenny's just like taking pictures the whole time with his new. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I could appear in many different forms. What about a giant walking taco who poops ice cream? And I was like, yep, yep, yep. That's what they go with. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> I took this form because it wouldn't be scary to you. Oh, don't do that, Dad. That's like contact. That's stupid. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> oh. So, I'm, I'm sure it's already kind of foregone because we're a little bit giggly already, but Josh, where do you fall on the octopoids of Spain? Again, man, I want I want to believe, um, but... Well, because here's, here's the other thing about being, being... Being any just type of, like, farmer, right? It's like, you're out in the sun all day, um... Working, working super hard, probably not drinking enough water that you should. Uh, maybe you didn't get your afternoon siesta in. Um, and like dinner time isn't until like 10 p.m. So you're, you're like ravished by then. Um, mm-hmm. Constantly drinking wine. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to bet that maybe this was more the result of too long of a day and too much um, uh, monteado um, and not enough <laughs> sleep and food. I'm, I'm willing to bet it was some. It was probably some combination of those rather than uh, <laughs> any sort of actual. <laughs> what if this guy was also a watermelon farmer? <laughs> it's like, again, say you're always talking about seeing watermelon everywhere no i swear but this one was like cut in half and it was 
I thought it was a truck because of the glint, but it's a giant half-floating watermelon. It's like, all right, whatever. <laughs> there it was, Maria, the most beautiful watermelon you've ever seen. <laughs> Cut in half and 80 feet long, it was glowing, Maria. It was glowing brightly. <laughs> You're drunk again, John. You aren't drinking anymore. <laughs> I'm trying to do the Castilian lisp in Spanish. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't know if it's coming through or not, but... <laughs> I, it's, it's as close as anything that I think either one of us could do right now. Because, let me tell you, man, I I'm a, I think I'm reaching orbital velocity here with this uh, faith theodore <laughs> in España. <laughs> he walked out of his door and saw the giant glowing watermelon, looked at it and said, Santa Fandia! <laughs> hey, new Spanish Good listeners, we see that. you. We see you mm. and love you. This is a, that yeah, was a good absolutely. joke. That was a great I know it's joke. not Sandia in Spanish, Spanish, but it was a good joke, damn you. No, it was, you were drawing uh, upon, look, man, you can take the produce wizard out of the supermarket, but you cannot take the produce knowledge out of the produce wizard because that's, that's what he specialized in. <laughs> <laughs> Remember this moment. Remember this moment, because in about 60 seconds, it's going to get so stupid. Oh, God. Okay. All right. <laughs> How is that space shuttle treating you, buddy? It, um, so I think I made myself, um, yeah, I think maybe like a double and a half. Um, okay. Trying to go to geostationary orbit uh here with the amount of um fuel i have and then and then in reserve if i need to um just have a just have a uh, corona we were having some mexican food not too long ago so so if i need to like yeah if i uh exhaust my main tank i can i can jettison that and um uh burn (laughs) yeah get the last little uh delta v out of a corona uh, extra. <laughs> um, but uh, how about you, man? What's what are what are you uh, still still sticking with the uh, space space mutant, right? That's uh, what it was. Yeah, cosmic mutant. Um, yeah, or cosmic. It mutant, is. Right. It's really good. It's it's good. I yes. I've not had because it's this whole Oscar Blues one, and I bought them because it's like the Sasquatch with uh, deer horns, mm-hmm. and that's why I bought the first one. Oh. But they're really, really good. It's the Mutant IPA series, and, like, I haven't had a bad one out of them. And I guess this is where nice. we're at now, where, like, no, we can't get new beers, but we can get new iterations of IPA, so, you know. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. Until I start brewing my own again, I can't really be bitching about what I got on stock, <laughs> right? No, that's. I guess that's that, that's true. Um, also, hold on, feel pardon. Pardon. Me. I hear you're cosmic mutant. All right, come come here, then. Come here. Are you just gonna sit in the hall? Okay, come on. Come here, buddy. <laughs> no, okay, hold on. You can't use the litter box in here. There's 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 one downstairs. There's an entire. This is why we got two. We got, got one upstairs, one downstairs. He like made a beeline. It's like, all right, Josh, I'm gonna pee. <laughs> so, so what you're saying is you narrowly invo- avoided a close encounter of the turd kind. Ooh, <laughs> probably. <laughs> 
Oh, shit, I'm sorry. Maybe Cosmic Mutant no. is stronger than I am. No, uh, that was that was amazing, and I thank you for that. <laughs> you know, Josh, we've had a lot of fun here tonight. And quite frankly, yes, we've yes, talked we about some kind of horrifying things, like telepathic right. footballs mm-hmm. or grass-burning watermelon-shaped ships. And dare I say, Lovecrafty and trippy horror that causes us to black out in fields for an entire day at a time. <laughs> but I got one more case for us tonight, and this may well be so scary that it drains your very life away, Josh. <gasps> oh, jeez. Prepare oh, your mind and sanity and constitution for the horror of the Vegetable Man of West, West Virginia! West Virginia! Almost heaven, West Virginia, <laughs> Blue Ridge Mountains, sucking out my life force. <laughs> now, Josh. Oh, God. Okay, yep. I am a wizard, and I know that the first yes. thing a wizard must do de- to truly be a wizard is to know himself. And I knew that tonight to do battle with the beast that is the vegetable man of West Virginia, I would have to confront my oldest fear of produce once again. Redon the hat of the produce wizard, which you just so eloquently thrust upon me about a minute ago. Remember when I said, remember this moment? I hope you remember that moment, buddy. Yes. I I have had lots of this uh, space shuttle, but not so much that I uh, have uh, damaged my short-term memory recall. (laughs) (laughs) To do battle with this beast, Josh, I need to cast a spell. And to do that, I need to go back to the place of my forefathers. And no, Josh, not the Greeks, my real dad. I already called it. We're going to West Virginia, baby. I called it Cue That Country Road by John Denver. (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) Sorry. No, you're you're good. It's playing now. And I hear it in my head. And I think I took too much Benadryl because I can hear the song in my head. I'm like, oh, shit. I'm already making editing cuts in my brain. This can't be good, right? (laughs) Anyway. Fairmont, West Virginia, is located in Marion County, where, in fact, my old man is from. Uh, In the lower middle section of the state, the only historical note that I actually want to point out here, because there's a lot to this place, but the one note that really stood out to me was that during the Civil War, it was sacked by a Confederal general named William Grumble Jones. That's right, Josh. Jones, and I fear that I am very close to embarking on my own Lovecrafty nightmare of family exploration. Yeah, that's that can be. So I, I've, I believe I've mentioned on previous podcasts that my um, uh, grandpa on my dad's side, he he would get pretty horned up for ge- for genealogy and tracing down ancestors and doing that, and like he would go to uh, various. Uh, cemeteries and and graveyards and look at headstones and i think i don't recall him spending a lot of time up in the north doing a lot of that so <laughs> whoop i guess yeah truly like some lovecraftian protagonist i think i'm just going to leave that book um uh in circulation at miskatonic university uh <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> Next summer, you and me are taking a road trip through West Virginia. We're going to go to the Mothman Fest. We're going to go to the you giant 
Bat Squatch Fest. We're going to go to all the weird monster festivals. Then I'm going to take you to my dad's home village of Jonesville. That's right. It's fucking called Jonesville. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what horrors will we find? I reckon they're three-toed and have worse teeth than I do. <laughs> However, Josh, that's not where we're at. We're at Fairmont, West Virginia, true, true. which actually sits at the junction of the Tigert Valley and West Fork Rivers as they converge into the Monongahela River, a river you might know as being goddamn colossal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, all this is to say there's a lot of water in the area, and it becomes a humid bitch. And you know what grows mm. in humidity, Josh? That's right. Plants. Yep. <laughs> Not just Indeed that good do. Virginia tobacco. It also oh, grows right. horror up in the hollers. <laughs> our story, our last case tonight, focuses on, um, and I point this out, Airman Jennings Frederick, who was hunting in the woods of his hometown, Fairmont. Uh, some accounts said that he was either on leave from Vietnam or he was home from Vietnam. So one or the other, he hmm. had been in Vietnam, but now he's back in West Virginia. But also by my account, um, and or by my math, he's 18 when this story takes place. Okay. So it almost seems appropriate, given this is 1968 when all this happened. As he's stalking through the woods, uh, Frederick hears this, like, whirring sensation in his head. Like what he described as a sped-up tape recorder. Mm. He followed the source of this sound to, well, what I can only assume is the, the scariest goddamn thing you're gonna find, right? He found a seven-foot-tall green humanoid that was skeletally thin, oh with gigantic ears, sickly slanted eyes that flashed alternatingly red and yellow. Um, it looked like it was more plant than man, being a dark green color, and having long spindly arms and legs that were no bigger than a quarter. Oh my god. Yeah, that's horrible. <laughs> that is horrible. Uh, these spindly arms tapered into hands, and the hands looked like they had suction cups on what he took to be fingers. Coming out of these suction cups was a thorn in each. Oh, God. This creature looked weak, though, Josh. And as Frederick yeah. edged nearer towards it, he could hear the tape in his head slowing down. And soon he heard it saying, You need not fear me. I wish to communicate. I come as friend. We know of you all. I come in peace. I need medical assistance. Please help me. Oh, my God. Okay. So, once again, Josh, the second time tonight. Well, it's kind of cool. We have uh, our second case of telepathy tonight and our second case of Good Samaritanism. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Frederick only wants to help his fellow man, Veggie. And so, as he gets a little bit closer to it, the creature lunged out and uh, pinned him in a Mark Jonesian level of embrace. He reported that Aww. the creature's thin limbs were incredibly strong. As the tree beast bear hugged him, the tips of the fingers extended and punctured into Frederick's arms and began sucking blood from him. Uh, As this happened, Frederick was aware of the pain and the assault until he looked into the creature's flashing eyes. And as he did so, he was calmed by the red and yellow flashing. Almost hypnotized. You, yeah, you, you might, you might just... Ah... <laughs> uh. 
here I go like, like, oh, this poor vegetable man, he's hurt, he needs assistance. And no, he's just vampiring this dude. That sucks. <laughs> um, during this embrace, Frederick kept hearing in his head on repeat, you need not fear me. I wish to communicate. I come as a friend. We know all of you. I come in peace. I need only medical assistance. Please help me. According to Frederick, this encounter lasted only about two minutes, which is probably all you need, because the vegetable man then fueled on man V8, released Frederick, and glided up the hill in gigantic 25-foot strides. Frederick said it was almost as if he was being carried away on the wind. <laughs> so there you go. There's your third levitation tonight. <laughs> you can- I, w- I was also going to say... um. Still a better love story than Twilight. <laughs> Still a better love story than Twilight. Because <laughs> I got through mine in about 80 words. <laughs> well, did we ever see or hear from this guy uh, again? Like, I'm guessing we did. Well, so Frederick um, watched this thing as if it was carried away on the wind and is taking its gigantic 25-foot bounding strides. He was completely paralyzed and could only watch this thing kind of, you know, bound up a mountain and then disappear over the top of it. As he lay there on the forest floor, likely wishing that he was still back in Vietnam, he heard slash felt a familiar rumble through his body coming up out of the earth. Like the warming up of engines. Remember, Frederick was an airman. He's going to be around this stuff a lot. So he's like, this sensation is something that he knows and can understand. As he watched toward the hill where the creature had run off, he heard a great roar and then saw a flash, which he assumed to be the creature's craft taking off. Now, being a normal human in the 1960s, Frederick thought it was probably best to pretend that this never happened and refused to speak of it to anybody. He told his family that the cuts that he had all over his body, or the cuts and puncture wounds all over his body, were from falling into a thorn bush. I, I mean, oh man. I I was also gonna say yeah um, no wonder this tall skinny and I know that I'm one to talk I shouldn't be throwing stones um, yeah this tall skinny creature entity um, is like yeah like rail thin and weak and in need of medical uh, uh, assistance well yeah because he's vegan and what's the <laughs> And then as soon as he gets some, like, actual animal protein in him, then, yeah, he's bounding, he's bounding up the hill in 20-foot, 25-foot strides. <laughs> oh, my God. You broke me so good right there. Holy shit. <laughs> wow. It's like, hey, man, I'm just, look, I'm just trying to communicate, you know. I'm just, I'm just not feeling good, man. Yeah, get, get, get this guy some... Come on, man, I just need like 20 bucks, and then my man Crunchy can hook bucks? me up to get me some fuel to get back home, man, you know? <laughs> and that uh, um, vibration and thrumming that he heard, nah, that, that was just a hippie drum circle. Oh, okay. And the, and the flash of light um, was, no, they just had their bonfire going, and they were toking up over there so that's that's all it was just one giant, giant outdoor hot box yeah <laughs> giant hippie 
Oh God! Hey, guys, never even greater it. horror. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, you'll never believe it. I found this guy back behind the hill. He totally gave me twenty bucks, man. <laughs> <laughs> instead of like owning up to, uh, yeah, the fact that this uh, Vietnam War vet, um, yeah, totally got jumped by a hippie. He's like, no, no, he was he was a seven foot tall vegetable man. <laughs> but I'm not even gonna tell that story. I, I just I'm just gonna say I fell into a thorn bush. <laughs> um I I really do I know we're joking, but I do need to, I do want to point out here. Um he never made a point to talk about this to people. He kinda made a point to really bury it like something something traumatic right. happened to him in the woods and Whatever that is, like, it also kind of drives home to me. This dude was in Vietnam. He saw probably some of the worst shit a generation had seen. Mm-hmm. So he's not going to, like, freak out and, like, it's a, it, you know, like, oh, the trees are talking, man. They're in the woods. Oh, Charlie's in the woods. Like, whatever yeah. happened was something traumatic. Um, However, I also want to point out this guy was a real person who was in the Air Force. And I know this because I read his goddamn obituary. Like... Mm. Um, which according to said obituary, he was a sensitive man who loved art and science and died in 2012 at the age of 62. Yeah, no, I, I, and I know we were just having some fun at the situation, not at his expense. No, yes, yes, Uh, of course, but yeah. But, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Well, and, and also right, this guy fighting in this, in this war that, uh, yeah. So God. So in fact, here's here's to you, sir. Here's to uh, you, sir. Thank yes. you for thank you for your service. Uh, hopefully, the vegetable monster, yeah, didn't take too much of your blood. But uh, here's 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 to you. <laughs> here's to you, sir. Yes. Um. But yeah, vegetable monster. Where do you fall? Because out of everything we've talked about tonight, this is the most compelling and believable one for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Um, yeah, I am positive that that this that this guy saw saw something that out there that freaked him the hell out. The the thing that's also really kind of yeah, like also are like three for three with the telepathy. Um, yeah, that, that that he describes it as like a um, like a tape recorder going on like fa- on on fast forward. Mm-hmm. But then, but but then it eventually slows down like that. That that also kind of sort of makes sense to me in a way where it's like, okay, here's this here's this entity that's trying to communicate, but it doesn't understand what like frequency our hearing is attuned to or, or our uh, body vibrates at. So it's it's trying a whole bunch of different ranges, and then it finally clicks into like the oh, okay, this yeah, this like playback speed seems to be getting um, some sort of. Uh, yeah, some 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 sort of response here. Um, so so yeah, I, I I think that's about what I can say. This guy definitely saw something, and it definitely freaked him the hell out. And yeah, the fact that he didn't immediately run to like a newspaper or start up like a tour to make a make some quick bucks. Yeah, I, I think I I'm pretty sure something something happened out there. Something happened out there, but Josh, it only happened one time. Yeah, even if even if he did want to try and 
uh, spin up the Vegetable Man of West Virginia uh, walking tour. Nah, because the hippies all packed up their drum circle stuff and they moved on. <laughs> their harsh was their harsh was uh, or their buzz was harshed, man. Like yeah, their their buzz was indeed harshed, and so they went looking for greener pastures. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I just imagine we just did that fish and wildlife episode of King of the Hill with the hippies, like, oh yeah, ruining oh, that's their a... vaca- their camping trip. That's a good one too. And yeah. just, no, I just good... imagine like Boomhauer getting Vegetable Man in the woods. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, because because it wouldn't be Dale because that'd be too obvious. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because Dale would be jealous of Boomhauer. Like, why did they pick mm-hmm. you? Yeah. And then Bill be like, I actually met a vegetable man once. <laughs> then he then he took my sweet Lenore. <laughs> Lenore ran off with a vegetable man. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Boom oh, Howard, there's no vegetable man in the forest. You just <sighs> ate some bad hippie gumbo. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit. Anyway, three cases, Josh, of Close Encounters of the Third Time, but just the one time. It's kind of the third time. Just the one time. Yeah, well, and and I I think that's also it, too. Like, I... There is that sort of weird extra credence given to these sort of one-off events. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's that idea of, like, oh, um... Yeah, the the sort of social contagion kind of aspect of it. Like, as soon as, oh, here's a newspaper story about something that happened in Roswell. Now everybody everywhere is like, oh, well, I saw a little thing. But but because these are, yeah, just kind of like one-off, self-contained, not widely publicized about. It. I I think in a in a way that that yeah that does kind of give them, um, yeah, just that little more that little extra. I don't know if it's believability or credibility or something like that. I don't know. I would say credibility. Um, again, like so. Sub- again, I, one that I always go back to is like, what do people do after the fact? Like, yeah, Whitley Strieber yeah. made a million billion dollars writing Communion, mm-hmm. but he was also like the first what you would call like the big hot shit abduction, like abductee. So like. I don't know. He was also a science fiction writer. So did he just like, you know, Joseph Smith himself into a Mormon ex- or into an alien experience? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But he made a ton of money versus like mm-hmm. all three of these people. Like, we don't know who these kids are. Um, Gene and uh, right. Nelson. Like these kids popped up on a, on a one time in a UFO blog that I found from 2000 to a 21, a blog that can now drink legally. Like was the last time we saw these kids. Like, well, it, it, yeah, and I think that's also part of it too, right? Like, just some kids in South America, just just a farmer in in Spain, just a just a regular uh, uh, GI Joe, either on leave or or after. Yeah, these are not the kind of flashy, whatever big uh, clout clout chasing kind of kind of people. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And, and to that end, it kind of, to, at least to me, makes it seem not more believable, but I think I would say credible. Like, at least something happened. 
I am willing to yeah. bet that, you know, John Mateo actually did say TGIF and just said he was going to go help fix the car and then just like wandered the four miles into town, got shit housed, and then wandered back out to the field and, oh, Dios mio, what happened to me? Oh, better go back home. Oh, hello, wife. I was taken by the octopoid. Like, and he's Ricky Ricardo for some reason and she's Lucille Ball. John Mattel, you got some splaining to do. You've been out all that damn day fixing the car. Wow. <laughs> it was octopuses. It was, uh, oh, I looked it up. Uh, pop home is how you would say it in Catalonian Spanish. <laughs> the pop home, the octopus man, he came for me. <laughs> and then she hits him and then fucking the fat, his fat friend walks in and <laughs> it's great. <laughs> 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 then him and the the wife are eating <coughs> fucking paella chunks off the assembly yeah, line. Yeah. I don't know what happens in yeah. Spain. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know in Mayamo Lucy. Like <laughs> Mayamo Lucy. There it is. <laughs> Lucy. Lucia. <laughs> Mayamo Lucia. <laughs> oh god. Oh yeah. Yeah, man. I um. Well, but but it is. It also kind of makes it also kind of ma- makes me wonder, too. Like, how many of the other stories, uh, or events have happened, but we just don't know about them. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. Because that's a big, right? Like that's so much. Yes, yeah, so much of like what we think we know and not just about like aliens, but like, but like whatever, like, like so much, we, we only know so much as like we have the records of, or we have like documents of that's, that, that's why, for example, like when, when people say, um, oh yeah, like ancient Greek theater, like, well, no, we, we really mean like theater in Athens in the fifth century. Right. Cause like, that's all, cause that's all that we have records of. Um, like it's so, so but, and, and, and yeah, like, and how many of these stories of like, yeah, just like people living out in the sticks somewhere. Um, yeah, like what kind of shit have they seen that maybe gets like transmitted through like some oral tradition? Maybe it's like a oral history thing. Like, oh, yeah, like don't go past that hill um, after dark because, you know, 100 years ago, some some crazy football thing was hovering around there <laughs> crazy telepathic football was hovering around there um so, so yeah it 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 does it does make one wonder yeah uh it does um and then i wonder what you all think listeners do you think these are real do you think they're fake is are me and josh wrong and the pop home are like is the realest of the real and the telepathic football football and veggie man are bullshit well you can come let us know. And Josh, I think I made an audible call in my head. Do you care if I just mm-hmm. announce it right now, buddy? Yeah, I, uh, please, by all means. I want you all to join us next week when Josh and I cover the Hopkinsville Goblins. Uh, Josh, you may remember them from such episodes as yeah. your Cryptid Olympics when they represented you brilliantly in, gymna- in gymnastics and literally a story that was going to be included in tonight's episode but was too damn long. That's right. I am breaking yeah. the wizardly rule of markets aliens once a year, and I am double-fisting aliens in March. You're just going to have to get over it, listeners. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and that's and that's all right because uh, 
yeah, so many other. What am I? What am I even gonna say? I don't know, man. Also, this space shuttle, it's 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 a uh, coming in hot on reentry here. It's that fucking scene from the core, and you're fucking the Vulcan chick whose name I forget. Yeah, and you're landing the plane in the aqueducts of L.A. Yeah, not Tilda that's, Swinton, that's but it. yeah, Hillary Swank. There it is. <laughs> Hillary Swank. There you go. Yeah. No, I uh, hand it. Oh, yeah, Hillary I... Josh. Joshua Lee Swank. Joshua Lee Swank. Because, yeah, I was going to say something, but then I th- thought I heard a voice or like a, like a, like a, sounded like a tape recorder playing too fast, but then it slowed down. It said, like, no, man, just like do your outro. Like, it's fine. Don't, you, you, you don't have to pad this anymore. <laughs> we, we, we know you're kind. You're not in harm. Uh, we just, just like we're just going on some hard times, man. And if you got like a fiver or something you could spare, I, that'd, that'd be that'd be super crunchy. <laughs> if you don't have a fiver that you can spare, I reckon you could spare one of those sweet ass five star reviews. Um, oh, there we go. Go do that for nice. us, or maybe you can go to the Two Wizards podcast at Gmail or on Twitter or on Instagram. On Twitter, we're Two Wizards Pod C One. On Instagram, we're still Two Wizards, and hey, we're on Facebook too. And we don't post a lot there, but that's where you come in, listeners, to get on there and go. I think Mark is an asshole who's afraid of celery, and because of that, he writes episodes about <laughs> vegetables being bad and writing his like anti-veggie propaganda. Well, you get on there and you tell me that. Or, or you come over to Plaid Barbarian and or yeah. Marky Stardust on Twitter. I didn't mean to plug yours, Josh. I'm sorry. Oh, I don't no, know no, why no. I plugged your Twitter. But find Josh on Plaid Barbarian. <laughs> find me at Marky Stardust. These cosmic mutants are too damn strong. And join us next week for what I can only assume is going to be amazing because I said it has to be. And I could have already wrote it. So I've got an entire week to, like, make it a more smooth script that doesn't end too quickly. But that's all right because sometimes part of being a wizard is ending just a bit too soon. No, no, this is, well, because, again, right, this is also, this is also one of these sort of, well, uh, okay, I, I guess we can't say like one time occurrence thing, because we're literally going to come back and talk about more <laughs> later. But it is, it is going to be one of the rare, like, oh, wow, this, this two Wizards episode, uh, man, they're already wrapping up here. And that's going to make it all the more special and memorable and magical, um, because we got to... We got to talk about this. Okay, I'm gonna have to yeah drink some drink some water after this. It's kind of nice to not like, be a drunk wizard for a change. This is kind of cool. It kind of well and because sure I, I maybe had a generous helping of the old whiskey there, but I honestly think it's the Tabasco. It's some some there's there's some um, alien chemistry going on there that's messing with me, and I don't know what, well, but. Well, well, you said what? You put Tabasco sauce and lemon juice in there, right? Red and yellow. Mm-hmm. Josh, it's flashing together uh, and hypnotizing you. It's flashing together and hypnotizing me. That's <laughs> that has to be what it is. That has to That's be what it is. Gotta um, be what it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, before I pass out in a uh, uh, field somewhere, um, Mark, thank you for taking the lead on this episode. Well done. Uh, this this is great, and I'm especially looking forward to. Hopkinsville goblins because yeah while we did sort of like well well I sort of like hinted at them you were like oh buddy we're gonna have to yeah come come back and like 
give give that story the proper attention that, that it deserves. And I'm glad that we're going to um, be able to do that very soon. Yeah. Uh, so, so yes, thank you, Mark. Listeners, thank you for joining along. Uh, and I guess we'll see you next week uh, to, to talk more about, yeah, very close encounters of the, what would this be, like three... 3.5 kind? So still, yeah, four. still like strictly three because outside of maybe John Mateo maybe getting taken onto the craft, like, mm. yeah, still pretty strictly three. But I would say you're really, it's when three goes from like hand stuff to maybe just a little bit more than hand stuff. There's that gotcha. middle ground. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Where hand well, stuff goes <laughs> to probe stuff, but it's that gray area in between. <laughs> that was four alien jokes in one sentence. I dare you all to pick them out. Those... <laughs> <laughs> I have had aliens at the ass. I can tell you this now. I had a nightmare about the telepathic football. I straight up dreamt that I walked out into my kitchen oh, and I saw something floating and it said, don't look, just run away. And I turned oh, around God. and walked back into my bathroom and didn't pee until 6 a.m. <laughs> or bedroom oh, God, and didn't no. pee until 6 a.m. Like I was done. I was like, I was like, nope, we're done. I'm not doing this shit. And I can That's share that now. <laughs> Because, <laughs> oh shit! Anyway, oh, listeners, thank you for listening. Yeah. We love you all. I hope you don't dream about telepathic footballs, but I hope your dreams are of little green men or something. Because there is that star man waiting in the sky, and he wants to come and meet us, but he's afraid he'll drain you of your essential juices. I don't know. <laughs> um, my name is Mark. I'm a wizard, and my name is Josh, and I'm a wizard. Take care, everybody. Good night. On his back, and after that, I killed them all!